0: Historically speaking, there is a group of people who claim to be Jews, however, they are not the genetic descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Judaism they practice has some paganistic elements to it. For some people in this group, that paganism borders on true Satanism. Could these be the people Jesus spoke about, who say they are Jews and are not, and are of the synagogue of Satan? We'll talk about it on this week's episode of Revelation Unveiled on Faith by Reason. Welcome to Faith by Reason. The website behind it all is faithbyreason.net. There you will find hundreds of hours of study material, blogs, podcasts, and video. And this is part two of our interlude, where we are looking at the people who Jesus talks about twice in his seven letters to seven churches, those who claim to be Jews and are not, or the synagogue of Satan. In the last episode, we looked at um, some groups who claim to be Jews, but clearly aren't. And for whatever reason, they cling to this, this falsehood of, of being Jews, even though they don't practice any type of Judaism. And technically, they're not the people Jesus is talking about because they don't practice true Satanism and they are not really harassing Christians. However, there is one group we want to end by talking about. This final group is the most controversial of all. For a couple of reasons. Number one, they seem to maybe meet the criteria, but it's highly disputed. And it, their people, in, in my research, I found that people who um, look at this group and put them in this category, many of them seem to be highly anti-Semitic, and I don't want to run the risk of offending God and his chosen people. So instead of just giving you my words, what I'm going to do is read from, for you from a one of the research documents that I've I've looked at that gives a comprehensive overview of it. And I want to say right now, these are not my words. What I'm about to read to you are not my words. This is the words of this research document. And I'm not even going to mention the document because I don't want there to be any, any confusion as to whether or not I endorse it. So I'm not going to tell you where it's from. I am just going to read it to you because it gives an overview of these of who these people are are and what they're thought of, and then I will, will get commentary after that. So, okay, I'm going to start reading right now. From the 7th through 10th centuries AD, there existed one of the most influential empires in all of history, an empire you've likely never heard of, and that's probably by design. This was the imp- empire of the Khazars. The Khazars were a Turkic and Slavic people whose empire at its heights stretched from Western Russia, including Kiev north towards the Rhine River and modern day Eastern Europe, east to the Caspian Sea, and bordered to the south by the Black Sea, Turkey, and the southern steppes of the Caucasus, the Caucasus Mountains. For three centuries the Khazarian Empire terrorized their Russian, Byzantine, European, and Muslim Arab neighbors, not through military force, but through economic exploitation. The land of the Khazars was strategically located at the nexus of the most important trade routes in the world. The so-called Silk Road to China, the Western route to Europe, and trade routes to the Middle East all converged in Khazaria. There was no way to get imported goods without passing through their lands. The Khazars took full advantage of the situation by exorbitantly taxing all goods that came through their land and lending money to those who could not pay the tax at high interest rates. Through these practices, the Khazars became extremely wealthy and influential. They were also known for hoarding wealth, fiercely guarding their family bloodlines, and actively finding new ways to extract money from foreign traders, often through graft and actions which today would be considered racketeering. Because of this, the Khazars earned the infamous reputation as greedy, tribal, untrustworthy, possessing no honor, dishonest, cheaters, cruel, petty, and godless— There was actually a saying among the Arab states that said the Khazars worship many gods, but the chief among them is mammon or money. After centuries of enduring Khazarian economic abuses, the surrounding uh, powers finally had enough and in a rare rare shore of unity, show of unity, decided to band together and break the commercial hegemony of the Khazars in order to enforce some form of morality on them. The Russian... Arab, and Turkish governments demanded that the Khazarian leadership convert to one of the three Abrahamic religions. The Khazars chose Judaism, partially out of defiance to their Muslim and Christian Orthodox conquerors, but also because the Jewish mysticism of Kabbalah appealed to them since the Kabbalah combines occultic paganism that they were used to with nominal Judaism. As their empire fell, the Khazarian people began to migrate to other uh, nearby areas, mostly Southern and Eastern Europe, Russia and Germany, but their negative reputation as unscrupulous, materialistic, and untrustworthy miscreants followed them, with other populations considering them undesirable pariahs. Their nominal practice of Judaism, along with a not-so-subtle penchant for antisemitism in the medieval church, led the Khazars to eventually be known only as Jews, specifically Ashkenazi Jews. This is why most people to this day who are considered Jews bear no resemblance to their alleged Middle Eastern ancestors but are in fact indistinguishable from Eastern European Caucasians. This also explains why so-called Jews speak a, hybr- a hybrid Slavic slash Hebrew language called Yiddish. This also furthermore explains why these Jews embrace Slavic traditions such as the rites of passage known as Bar Mitzvahs and Bat Mitzvahs. And additionally, this explains why why devout Khazarian mystics practice Hasidism and call themselves Hasidic Jews with their traditional black hats, black outfits, and curly hair. Due to their despised status, these Ashkenazi Jews were legally separated from European Christian society, relegated to ghettos, and culturally marginalized. Despite all this, the ruling Catholic hierarchy of medieval Europe found use for the Ashkenazis. The Church, the the Catholic Church, was incredibly wealthy and longed to increase that wealth by lending money to businesses and governments at interest. However, they were prevented from doing so due to biblical laws against usury. The Ashkenazis, on the other hand, had no problem with this type of lending and had, in fact, used it to swell their coffers in Khazaria. The Church used the Ashkenazis as their money-lending proxies, giving them a small cut of the interest and property seized from non-payment it was a win-win scenario for both parties the church vastly increased their wealth and control while shifting blame for their unfair banking practices to the already hated so-called jews the ashkenazis the ashkenazis also gained wealth and status as the premier bankers of the world in the seventeen hundreds one of these banking families, the Bowers of Germany, were commissioned by Dutch royalty to siphon money to England to fight the Napoleonic Wars. These actions made the Bauer patriarch, Meyer Amstelbauer, extraordinarily wealthy. He used his new wealth to have his son set up banks in every major financial center in Europe. Eschewing their Jewish surname, Meyer Bauer renamed his family after their sigil, which was a red shield. Red Shield in German is Rothschild, thus the famed Rothschild banking dynasty was formed. Their incredible wealth and resources allowed them to be reluctantly accepted into the upper echelons of European society, with the Bauer sons marrying marrying into the most prominent European families. The Rothschilds and similar Ashkenazi Jewish dynasties stayed faithful to their Khazarian culture, utilizing ruthless efforts to gain, consolidate, and hoard money and power by any means necessary. And despite their claims of Judaism, they stayed true to their occultic religion and its paganism, Satanism, perversions, secretiveness, and hatred of Christianity, and desire for a global hegemony of power and control. This occultism was in line with that secretly practiced by the European elite families and royalty which they married into. These are the globalists who run the world to this day from behind the scenes and finance governments and wars. Many Ashkenazis immigrated to the United States in the 1800s. They formed the so-called Jewish mafias that terrorized New York and the East Coast. The Jewish Mafia was known to control the distribution of Nickelodeon machines in the early 1900s. These machines were so named because for a nickel, you could watch short films, often pornographic, in these small booths called the Nickelodeons. In an attempt to gain more control over their product, the Jewish Mafia decided to start financing the, pro- the production of the movies that was shown on the look of Nickelodeons. Thus, they moved to the burgeoning society of Southern California, where the open space and mild climate allowed for year-round production of films. Being a cultist, they christened the land they purchased with a Druidic pagan ceremony of good fortune and blessing through the waving of a wand made of the wood of the holly tree on top of a hill. And they named the city they established, Hollywoodland, later called Hollywood, and placed the famous sign there. With this, the Ashkenazi Jews controlled the incredibly lucrative and influential world of entertainment and media. Along with their European counterparts, they now had great influence over banking, politics, corporations, education, and media, essentially controlling influence over the entire world. The last remaining pillar to conquer was religion, especially the hated religion of Christianity. This is why entertainment has always been hostile towards the Christian religion, with the hostility growing exponentially each year. This is why major corporations enact policies that vilify Christianity while embracing other religions and every imaginable perversion. This is why the symbol for Zionist Israel is that of two intertwined occultic triangles of manifestation, known as the Seal of Solomon, in witchcraft, and crassly renamed the Star of David, which has no connection to God's true King of Israel. These are not God's chosen people, but rather pagan children of Satan who have usurped the name of the sons of Jacob and are attempting to replace the seed of Abraham with heretical occultists of the ancient Kazarian empire. Okay, that is the end of their passage. And I want to say once again, this is not my opinion. This, These are not my words. What I just read to you was read from a different source. So the question that should obviously come to mind is, do I believe this? Does this this, this faith by reason take this stance? And the only answer I can give you right now is I don't know. It's not a cop out. You know, I don't shy away from controversy, but I'm not going to endorse any belief system or or any piece of information that I cannot corroborate. And unfortunately, I have not been able to corroborate this. Every time I've done research and I will I will see many sources that uh, confirm this whole Kazarian Ashkenazi Jew Um, Position, I will find an equal number of sources that refute them and offer evidence that gives reason not to believe that this is the the, the case, that these um, Ashkenazi Jews, Kazarians are who they say they are. So with evidence being 50-50 going in both directions, I cannot tell you whether or not I believe this is true. I can tell you that if it is true, if what I just read to you is true, it does explain a lot. I mean, it does explain why... uh, People who call themselves Jews today, for the most part, especially here in America, don't look Middle Eastern. They look Eastern European. They really do. I mean, there are many I've met and known many Jewish people who honestly they didn't tell me they were Jews. I would have thought they were just regular, you know, white people, regular Caucasians of European descent until they tell oh, you yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. Right? But they do not look Middle Eastern. And granted, you could say, well, it's because of intermarriage. That which would make sense, except for the fact that Jews don't generally intermarry. I mean, it's it's pretty rare that Jews intermarry, not just for cultural reasons, but you know, throughout history, they've just you know, been shunned as a people, and it's it's pretty rare again that that they intermarry, at least to the degree that they would lose many of their ethnic features. That doesn't mean that's true. That's just again, that's anecdotal. Also, again, it would explain why. Many people pejoratively claim that Jews run the world. I don't believe they are. Even even if this is true, the these so called Ashkenazis make up a very small part of the so called um, conspiratorial groups like the um, Bilderbergers and the uh, international bankers and the Illuminati and all those stuff. And I. And I, I Admit to being a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and I've studied all the conspiracies quite a bit, simply because they a lot of this stuff makes sense, and I, I believe that the only way to explain a lot of things that we see in the world is to understand that there are small groups of select people, which again I call mystics. We talked about mystics um, a, a couple of episodes ago with the uh, Pergamum Church. I believe they exist, and I believe they are secretive, and I believe they have an extraordinary amount of influence and control. But they're not all Jewish. In fact, they're, they're mostly most of them are not. Jewish, but a small number of them do claim Jewishness, and, it, and this will explain it. That doesn't mean it's the case. It absolutely does not, and I'm not going to endorse this. I've only, I'm only i only giving you information. That's really all this is. You need to make the decision for yourself. You need to pray over it. You need to ask God about it, and if there's something you want to delve deeper into, there's plenty of research information out there. One piece of uh, informative research is a book book. Uh, called the Thirteenth Tribe by a man named Arthur Kessler, who himself happens to claim a genetic relationship to the the Ashkenazi um, Khazars. And again, very interesting book. And I will uh, link to it in the show notes. If you again, if you want, to, if you want to to take a deeper dive into this, you can, you can read that book. If it's not something you want to delve into, then don't. You can, you know, after this episode is over, just go on to the next one and you can forget about it. But if you do want to know more about this, then it's my obligation to give you the information and you have to decide. There is one quick story I want to tell about this that actually I found very interesting after I had done a lot of this research and it. Goes back a few years um, when I was at a conference with the the late Chuck Missler, one of my mentors. He was doing a conference on what he calls strategic trends. Uh, these are basically trends he looks at that are happening in the world, economic, political, religious, and just shows how you know things are all converging to 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 the point where we're getting to the events of Revelation. And after his conference, I was I I, I saw him after the conference. I saw, we were talking about um, certain things. And as we were talking, a group of Middle Eastern Jewish rabbis uh, came up to us. They had, they had traveled. Um, and they were visiting the U.S. And, and they wanted to talk to Chuck. And so I kind of hung around to kind of eavesdrop on the conversation here. But they were talking about I thought it would be interesting. And they started talking about, again, these families, these uh, small secret societies that have influence over the world. And the Jewish rabbis said, yeah, you know, the, the issue is that, you know, we're under we're under this, this great influence of these Edomites. And Chuck and I looked at each other and looked at them and they said, what do you mean Edomites? And they looked at us as if we were naive. And they said, you know, the, the Edomites, the people who are running the world claiming to be Jews, you know, like, like the Rothschilds, these, these are Edomites. Now, let me explain quickly who the Edomites are. We talked about them, them briefly during the the letter to Smyrna. But Edomites are the descendants of Esau. Esau was the first son of, of Isaac, and of course, the second son was, was Jacob. Jacob was the progenitor, progenitor of Israel. Esau was his first son. Um, he gave up his birthright, he sold it for you know, basically a bowl of porridge, and then Jacob cheated him out of um, his blessing. And traditionally, the Edomites, uh, be, the Esau's descendants became the Edomites. The Edomites were the ancient enemies of Israel. They they fought each other for for decades and centuries. And finally, during the Maccabean revolt, right before the Roman Empire, the the Jews uh, defeated the Edomites and they forced the Edomites to convert nominally to Judaism. It wasn't a true conversion. You can't force anyone to convert to a religion. But they so they were still pagans. They were just pretending to be um, um, Judaizers in order to have peace and since they were conquered. When Rome, uh, a few years later, conquered Israel, they found that the Edomites, or Edomans, as they were uh, called at that point, were 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 much more um, amiable, amenable to Romans, whereas the Jews were rebellious. So the Romans put uh, Edomans over the Jews, thinking that they were just another just other. they, 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 They were just Jews and so they put the idiomans Ed- over israel particularly king herod who was an Edomite. he was not a true um, uh he was not a descendant of jacob when the so according to these rabbis in 70 a.d when israel was destroyed and jerusalem was overthrown many of these idiomans fled they were all jews all, everyone in israel jews and idiomans were dispersed but the idiomans they said went north to the area that became the Khazarian Empire, that the Edomites were were a big part of Khazaria, that they were influential, they married into these Khazarian families, and they were still practicing their paganistic, satanic form of Judaism that they'd already always practiced, but they were again a part of the the Khazarian power structure. According to the rabbis, these Khazarian Edomites are the ones who influenced the other leaders of the Khazar Empire to accept Judaism as the religion that was going to be forced upon them by their conquerors. Furthermore, these Edomites are the ones who became the great banking families, including the Rothschilds. Remember that Edom in Hebrew means red because Esau was known to have red hair. He was a very hairy person and his hair was red. And so red kind of became the sigil for Edom and Edomites and Idiomaeans. And the Rothschild, again, means red shield. So these bowers who became the Rothschilds, they were also Edomites. And the Ashkenazi Jews are not just Kazarians, they are Edomites. And that is interesting because as we talked about at the church at Smyrna, the Edomites were the contemporary people who called themselves Jews and were not part of the synagogue of Satan and were persecuting Christians. So it would just be po- poetic and just like uh, Jesus in his his wisdom and in the way he communicates to have the same people who he was speaking of contemporarily persecuting the church, claiming to be Jews to actually be the people historically and prophetically who continued persecuting the Jews, excuse me, persecuting the church, calling themselves Jews. So if these rabbis are correct, then it's, it has been, it always has been Edomites, these ancient enemies of Israel, ancient enemies of God, who again, throughout history have been persecuting the true church of God. Is this true? Maybe, maybe not. But if it is, let's look at if they meet all, if they check off all the um, the boxes here, if this is true, yes, they are claiming to be Jews. Number two, they are not Jews. They are either Kazarians or they are Edomite Kazarians. Number three, they are practicing a form of Judaism that is paganistic. They call it Judaism. If it's Kabbalah or something like that, it's actually Satan worship. And lastly, they are and have been persecuting the church from the beginning and all the way to this day. So if, and that's a big if, the what I've read to you is true and what these Jewish rabbis believe is true, then these folks would absolutely qualify as the folks Jesus is talking about who claim to be Jews and are not or the synagogue of Satan and are persecuting his true church. But that is something That you are going to have to decide for yourself do your own research if you're if you're led to do so. And in prayer, go down this road and decide for yourself. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, Please. Subscribe to this YouTube channel, Faith by, you can just subscribe by uh, just um, hitting the subscribe button and the notification bell so you'll know when new videos come up. You can also subscribe on faithbyreason.net by putting your email into that right navigation area there and you will uh, get these, these new episodes as soon as they come up. And next week, we are going to wrap up Our look. we're we're going to begin to wrap up our um, examination of the seven letters of seven churches by looking at the final letter and that is a letter to the church at Laodicea. This is the church that was lukewarm, the church that would not take a stand one one way or the other and they were actually the church that was in the worst shape according to what Jesus said to them and prophetically they would align with our current contemporary church so that's kind of bad news for us in this day and age. We'll talk about it next week. And I will talk to you then when we go to the, when we look at the church at Laodicea.